and welcome to the With Tracy podcast. This is where I get to talk to businessmen and women who make up that ever-growing community of entrepreneurs. Join me as I uncover who they really are, as they share insights into their personal journeys, from the light bulb moment to the highs, lows, challenges and successes. Well, hi everyone. Um, Today I'm delighted to have as my guest a woman who's not only made a successful career as a retail specialist working in the luxury sector, she's supported her husband with his business, she's a mother, has overcome cancer, set up a community shop and now several decades on is running her own consultancy. You would think she was ready to take a break but she has more energy than ever and her passion for retail and helping others keeps her motivated and in demand. Hello, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining me today for the chat. Well, thank you for asking me. <laughs> Gosh, we've got so much to talk about. I mean, in that intro. So where did it all start? What sparked your passion for retail? Well, I lived latterly. I moved a lot as a child because my father, I now realise, was a corporate gypsy. I didn't know that word till recently. But So we moved a lot, ended up in Bournemouth. I also in a lot of hotels. So I worked in hotels, chambermaiding, school holidays. And then I got a job in this very trendy jean shop in Bournemouth, the trendiest shop probably in Bournemouth. And I came home after my first day and I said to my mother, that's it. Um, I, was, I must have been in, it was the year before my A-levels. And I said, I'll do my A-levels, but I don't want to go to university. I, I know what I want to do. And my mother went mad. <laughs> and she said, no, no. And in the end, the deal was... If I applied to Harrods and got onto the management training scheme, I could do that instead of going to university. So I applied to Harrods, was accepted for the management training scheme and went there. But it was literally that first day I thought, wow, this is it. This is what I want to do. Wow. So my next question was going to say, what led you into the world of luxury? But My mother <laughs> led me into the world of luxury. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Harrods was supposed to be the best shop in the world then. And, uh, and actually it probably was. So it was an amazing place to work. But then I have to ask, was it glamorous? Because one always imagines it to be very glamorous working somewhere like that. Well, I always remember um, the slogan at the time when I started work there was Harrods Enter a Different World. And it was on the side of all the buses and they had it on all their adverts. And my first week there when we were being given a guided tour around, I remember being taken down to the marking off room which is on the other side of the Brompton Road, and there were all sorts of tunnels under the Brompton Road. And the person taking me round said, uh, we're going to enter a different world now. And, <laughs> and we did. So um, behind the scenes, there were little buses running under the road. I mean, it was... Oh, wow. It was like working in a coal mine, actually. So, yes, it was, there was a real contrast. You went through the doors into the behind-the-scenes area. It sounds a bit 007-like, doesn't it? You... <laughs> well, actually, I have to say, I think retail is... It is all about how you present it on the front and what's going on behind is often not quite the same as it seems like. So saying that, I mean, how do you think retail has changed since you started? Beyond all recognition. I mean, there was no Sunday trading. In fact, when I started work at Harrods, Peter Jones used to close at lunchtime on Saturday. They didn't even trade on Saturday afternoons. There was hardly any Sunday trading. Um, None of the big shopping centres had really been built. I mean, there were a few, but... So there weren't the shopping centres. There weren't zero-hour contracts. And some of that's been very exciting. I mean, online clearly is the biggest thing that's affected yeah. um, retail in the last decade, 15 years or so. But I think that there, there have been enormous changes. And, and we see those challenges coming home 
big time now. Mm. And I know that you're um, a big part of what you do is all about in the retail sector is, is about the customer service and the customer journey. How do you feel that's changed since perhaps those days of it's interesting. closing on a Saturday? <laughs> yeah. um, I, think, I think the thing that hasn't changed is that good still looks the same. People who do it well, it's still the same dynamic that makes it work. And I think that's because people buy people at the end of the day. And if you've got great people working in a great shop and you're selling a great product, in general, that will work. And there are, I mean, what's interesting is that the number of independents opening in smaller areas. I mean, you walk down, trying to think there, there, are, there are pockets of areas in London, if you go down to the East End, where independent setting up and they're doing it really really well and they have a passion for it and I think when you've got that passion it shows. Mm. I spoke to someone the other day because obviously there's a lot of talk about you know the retail especially on the high street is really really struggling and someone said to me you know retail's not dead you know. No and and I don't think it ever will I mean the the whole thing about us being a nation of shopkeepers we like shopping and um and online yeah it's okay but um it's not the same experience. It's not is the it? same. And actually, funnily enough, I had a friend who came up to London recently. She wanted to buy her daughter a dress. I said, "Okay, what sort of dress do you want?" She told me. I did a bit of research, and I said, "Okay, I can take you." So we went down to Kensington. Actually, took her into the first shop, found the dress, tried it on. Great. Out she came, and I said, "Okay, that's great. So can we buy the dress and go home now?" And she went. No, because we've come to go shopping. So they wanted to go into every shop and try on everything because that's what the experience was about. So I think that people still like doing that. Yeah. It's just going to change, as you say. I I think it will change. And and lots of things have changed. And I think it's just keeping up with those changes and still making being relevant and continuing to be relevant. But Mm. customer service doesn't change. No, no. So, um, Amanda, you brought up two boys, you have your husband, you've kept working, you've coped with an illness. I mean, how did you manage all that, or, or did you? <laughs> um, well, actually, uh, um, the boys and the husband, that <laughs> yeah, that was fine. Um, the illness, I have to say, and I, I, I talked to a lot of people when, when, when I had my um, treatment for breast cancer, I vowed that I would talk to other people about it afterwards and try and help reassure people through that whole process because I had everything, the chemotherapy, the surgery, whatever. Um, the thing that kept me going was I worked all the way through it. Mm. And I was, I was working for Reese at the time, and I have to say to David Reese and all the people with whom I was working then, I was so grateful that they let me do that because it, it made a massive difference and you do feel that life is going on, mm. and indeed it did. To have that support. Yeah. And also to take your mind off something. It was. It was some sort of normality. Yes, exactly. Have something to do, something to go to. So I have always found work a very um, valuable. Yeah. Because I enjoy it. And and to do something that you're enjoying and and interacting with people. And interestingly, I mean, I was thinking about when you were asking me about what made me go into retail to begin with. The other thing that I I realised and said to my mother was I'd had a, a friend who was a bit older than me who'd gone who was at university, and I came home having spent the weekend at Reading University, and I said, do you know what, it's just like school, but there's a bar, <laughs> because everyone was the same age, and I, I wanted to work with people who were a mixture of ages, and, and, and I have found that all the way through my life, so 
work has given me a lot of introductions to people that one wouldn't normally yeah. necessarily So meet. you could say that um, work has, has been something that helps you, I mean, it's sort of de-stress, but it helps take your mind off things yeah, at a very sort of stressful time, if you like. But what about, have you got other secrets that keep you calm in times of... <laughs> I have Challenging one, one rule that I um, have always applied, and I do find that it, it helps to work with somebody who has a similar mentality. I have what I call the 80-20 rule, and that is that it is better to get something achieved by 80% and miss 20% than to not achieve anything because you will only do 100%. So I'm a great one when it looks as if it's going to fail, or potentially could fail, of sitting there and saying, okay, what are the things that we've got to knock off in order to get us over the line? And I find that by focusing on that and working out what one can do, what one can achieve to get there, is how you stay calm. (laughs) Still very work work orientated. (laughs) Oh, I see, yeah. Yeah. But what about outside of work? What do you... Um, well, I have a dog, a very needy dog that I, I find. Um, I've got lots of other interests. I do. I like going to the theatre. I find it very stimulating being in the city and with a lot of stuff going on mm, in the mm, city. So mm. I think having having that, I, I find stimulus more relaxing actually than just yes. doing nothing. Doing yeah. nothing, I find, can be a bit. Yeah, that's when you start to think about things that maybe you, you don't want to be thinking about. Actually, I'm with you on that. I'm totally with you on that one. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you, you recently got involved in setting up the very first community shop on the Isle of Wight. And I'd like to ask you, first of all, for those who don't know, what is a community shop? And what made you get involved? Okay, so there had been talk in the village where we're lucky enough to have a second home, of um, the last uh, provision store closing. And indeed that came to pass. And there had been talk about trying to put together some sort of way of opening a community shop. And a community shop basically is funded by the community, run by the community and for the community. So you raise the money um, to get the premises, you set it up, you generally have a few paid members of staff in the shop and then volunteers help run it as well so you have to put a business plan together you have to go around and and sell raise money through shares and it was um it was a very interesting process i was i think probably the only person who had extensive retail Mm -hmm. knowledge so i volunteered um to join the committee to take that to it um, so I ended up writing the business plan. We spent, I'm trying to think when it was, it was, so we spent the whole of summer two years ago raising the money, so writing the business plan, going, talking, making sure that there was enough backing um, because you have to do surveys to make sure that you are going to be able to mm-hmm. support it. And we exceeded our expectations mm-hmm. hugely. Um, so the shop opened, it was supposed to be a pop-up shop at Christmas, we opened and never closed, <laughs> apart from Christmas Day since then, and it's been now going through the second summer, um, it traded profitably in its first year, which I was very pleased about, and yeah, and it's now being run by people, mainly full-time people who live in the village. Yeah, I mean, incredible, and, and to be the first one on the island, do yeah, you think I'm there'll no- be others? 
I think there will be. I mean, I think there, there is a, a need. It's, a, it's been, there are a number of places around um, the, the UK um, that have opened up community shops. And there is a, a, in fact, there's a foundation that advises on how to, how to set them up. So it's, uh, I think it's a, a tried and tested formula that will continue to, uh, to continue to grow. Mm. And from a personal point of view, for me, retail has given me an amazing career. I've travelled all over the world. I've done all sorts of things. And Seaview has been a very uh, lovely place for us to come with our boys. So it was a way of saying thank you to both of those Oh, that's so um, nice. That's so nice. Now, how did you find, though, the transition from working in the corporate sector um, to the world of volunteers? Because I know it's very different, well, or can be very different. Very good question, Tracy. <laughs> um, I think the time when it really came home to me just how different this was, was um, obviously when you have someone who is a paid employee working for the company and the company has a set of rules and guidelines and whatever and you ask them to do something and they trot off and do it generally um a volunteer doesn't necessarily respond that way <laughs> um and that that was a, a surprise um i think the whole volunteer piece is going to become um there will need to be a lot, a lot more analysis of it because if you look at the number of charity shops that there are now, for example, in the high street, many of those are, well, they are predominantly staffed by volunteers. So the voluntary sector is, is growing big time. And um, yeah, I think it, it, there, are, there are very definite, it's a very different um, mindset when you're managing volunteers to managing employees. Yes, and, um, and I guess it's also. I mean, I mean, it's fantastic that these mainly women, I guess, but women and men give their time voluntary to help. But I guess we're also thinking, looking at a completely different um, age group of people as well. Yes, very often. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, and yes, it, it's. It, that's been the other aspect that was very interesting. One of the community shops that I actually visited as part of our, um, when, we, when I was working on the business plan, I visited one and they had, I mean, they actually had people who were terminally ill working in there. So it's, a, it's fulfilling a very different mm. social need in mm. lots of ways as mm. well. Mm. Um, but yes, it is a different age group. Yeah. So you're not working with volunteers at the moment. What, what are you? Doing. I'm working <laughs> on a new project which came along um, just at the beginning of this year. It's working on a, a beauty product side of things which I've not done before. So that's, that's great for me. To my world. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it is your world. Which, so I'm going to be picking your brains. Um, so it's new, new for me, which is which is fun because I get to learn something as well, and I'm I love the fact that I'm doing that. And we are opening the first shop. And it will be interesting to see how it goes from there. It's exciting, it's fun, lovely group of people that I'm working with, so it's really good. Good for you. I know you, you never, you're a lady who never sits still. So. <laughs> but if, when you do sit still, I'm going to ask you just a couple of personal things people always like to, you know, um, there's quite often entrepreneurs, you know, women like yourself who are busy, always say they're avid readers. Are you an avid reader? Do you? Well, it's interesting. I. I was an avid reader when I travelled 
I was having further to travel for work. Because what I'm working on at the moment is quite near, I don't have that reading time on public transport. So I've got to make myself read more. Uh, my absolute best way of relaxing, and I particularly remember that this would be when we got through Christmas in, in a massive retail, a huge surge, uh, is to shut myself in the kitchen and cook. <laughs> So that's my relaxation. <laughs> I know. We are very similar because, yes. as you know, I like to cook as well. So, um, Amanda, I'd just like to ask you one piece of advice for anyone listening who is thinking about what their next career moves are or making a change. Is there something you would offer? It doesn't have to be necessarily one, but... <laughs> well, I think my one would be... Um, I found the eureka moment when I discovered what I wanted to do many years ago now and it's what I've spent all my working life doing and I have loved I the thing that has given me not the most satisfaction but certainly one of the things that I'm most pleased about with my two children is that they are both doing something that they absolutely love and I think to find something that you really love that you're going to be doing through your life is fantastic so find what you love and do it that's a great note to end on. Amanda, thank you so much for being with Tracy this afternoon. Thank you for asking me. It's been fun.